we are bootstrapped since the beginning. That's what I like with Bootstrap because it's like life. It's not a sprint, it's a marathon. And welcome everyone to Slater Pod. Today we are really excited to have another Florian on the podcast. Florian Stagger is joining today. So Florian is the innovation director and founder at ChecksUp. Uh, automated subtitling and AI dubbing platform. So it's a SaaS platform with monthly annual subscription options, which is uh, really cool kind of in the broader language AI space that there's these uh, platforms uh, emerging. So hi, Florian, and thanks for joining. Hi, Florian. Thank you for the invitation. Absolutely. So where does this podcast find it today? France? What part of France? In the south, near to the Spanish coast and the Atlantic coast. Uh, uh, with Osegor, if uh, you know. Surfer paradise, right? Around there, big big waves. Uh, used to go there long, long time ago. So uh, also let's start with a long, long time ago. Your professional background, like how did you start? And like, what's your journey to founding ChecksUp? Uh, what were some of the light bulb moments that made you start this uh, particular company? Yeah, that was a long time ago, but... Um... So after graduating from business school, I found myself in roles within various American IT companies, HP, Dell. Uh, the experience was priceless, but I had a growing desire to set up my own business. So I decided to uh, move back to France with the intention of starting a company. I just wasn't quite sure what that company would be yet. I immersed myself in research, exploring hundreds of potential ideas. And then I started working on promotional videos for startups because some friends asked me. They knew I was able to record video and write scripts. And I created the first company, Room Agency. And it turned out to be the catalyst for what Shakespeare is today because everything starts one night. I had to create like an English subtitle for a French video. It was the first time I was creating subtitles and it was a nightmare. <laughs> I had to finish for the following morning because the video has to be published. And I spent the entire night working on it. And at the end, I said, never again. I will never do subtitles again in my life. But more and more people was contacting me with YouTube, Kickstarter at the time. And one day I decided to return to school to study uh, computer science, to imagine a platform that could translate uh, video automatically. So that's where uh, months of, after months of work, ChexUp was born. So you're the sole founder of ChexUp or? I'm a solo founder. Uh, I, at the beginning, I was alone and step by step, I bring more people into it. Nice. So it's the classic pain point, personal pain point experience origin story. Like I did it. It was so horrible. And then like, can, can we not build a product that, that addresses this? Uh, was this in like, were we doing it in some kind of video software, like Final Cut Pro or something? Or how, how did you? At the time, I, I used like AGSub which is a famous uh, subtitle software, but you have to do everything manually. And I was thinking, wow, that's crazy. YouTube was offering auto subtitles, but when I see the output they give me, 
I say, okay, I prefer to start from scratch. I mean, back then it was probably terrible. Even now, uh, it's not. It's not great. They don't know what punctuation is, so that's a problem. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, so you kind of gave us the I don't know light elevator pitch, but tell us more about Checksup, like key features, offerings, products, and then uh, yeah, and also the pricing options, which I find fascinating. So so few so far, kind of language startups, language AI startups have managed to really put together a compelling um, subscription offering. So tell us more about just what Checksup offers and then how did you kind of um, decide on the pricing structure as well? Yeah, so Checksub is a technology-driven platform offering auto-subtitles, machine translation, and eye dubbing. And how primary focus is serving small and medium enterprise and large enterprise with a need uh, for efficient and high-quality video localization platform. So we didn't have this target at the beginning, but yeah, you adjust uh, when you search for product market fit. Uh, you adjust the target, and we found that was uh, the client where uh, for which we can bring the more value um, with the platform. So um, about the features, recently we deployed iDubbing features. Uh, it was more than a year ago, so I say recent, but at that time it was one of the first plat platform offering that. Um, and about the pricing model, that's a big challenge. It was a big challenge because we are focusing on uh, enterprise, but you still have like a small creator who want to use a platform And because we start working with them at the beginning, we didn't want to close the door and we still want to give uh, the ability for NGO uh, small creators to be able to use a platform to translate their video if they want. So we have like the, this uh, subscription model for them. But when you are a larger company, uh, SME and large enterprise, we have special enterprise uh, pricing. Um, where you can manage more uh, volume. For the enterprise, does this include any service as well? Like you would be taking care of any part of it? Or is it purely just access to the technology that you're giving even under the enterprise package? We took a decision uh, a few years ago because when we start Checksub, we had the services like human translation and human transcription services. Um, but... At the end, we decided it wasn't the same um, business. And if you want to be good, you have to be focused. So we decided to turn off the human uh, services to focus on the platform and how clients can work with uh, agency, uh, partner agencies, uh, or they can do it internally with their own team. And that's worked great because that's the best way to train your own translator to your industry, to your, uh, to your enterprise and your jargon and everything. Oh, interesting. So you, you initially kind of maybe were like when you were saying product market fit. So you had probably some requests for services. You maybe initially took them on to just please those kind of early clients. But then like you decided, well, th that is a very different line of business. Let me focus on the platform. I wasn't sa satisfied enough to, uh, to provide an accurate result at scale. 
because that's very a different business. You you have to train the people, you have to onboard the people, you have to manage the payment of the people. And it's difficult to say, okay, when you are a client, you come and I always give you the same person to work on your project. That's, that's very impossible because maybe the person will not be available to work on your project and you can't wait one week. And because of that, it's very complex to provide a good quality for our clients. And uh, so we decided to focus on the product because that's where the value, um, that's the value where. It's just hard to scale. And what you describe with the availability of kind of the same translator, that's like one of the key reasons why kind of these large language service providers exist because they can solve this at scale, but it's just a very different line of business. So now we have subtitle, machine translation, AI dubbing, uh, kind of walk us through this and like which parts of your uh, client base would use which component, which solution. I mean, I guess you ha you mentioned you have some individual creators, some N NGOs, SMEs, and then what would be the enterprise? What would they use most? Or is it kind of the integrated package? Basically, we have different kind of use case. We have the one where they want a simple solution to be able to translate like external communication or learning content. That's a very um, important use case for us. So if they just want an easy solution, um, they will start with the subtitles part, okay? And if they want a more advanced quality, they are going to use the dubbing because um, you, you should know that not like other uh, platform, uh, other solution, on the localization video industry, we develop our own video editor. So it means we, 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 since the beginning, we spent a lot of time developing this product because we decided to develop a video editor. And thanks to that, you can very easily manage your subtitles project in the same tools than your dubbing project. So when you have the subtitles, you just have one button where you click and we are going to be able to generate uh, the automatic dubbing synchronized with your video in one click. But not lip synced yet. That's a big question. Yeah, whatever the lip sync thing means, but like there's all of these kind of early, uh, I don't know, use cases or demos out there where they like, you know, do the lip adjustment thing. So maybe we should clarify what is lip syncing for people listening to the podcast. Just to be sure. Lip synced, I guess, in the traditional like media localization sense would not be actually changing the mouth like AI style, but it would just be lip synced, right? Uh, now we're seeing all these like basically the AI is actually changing the lip movements to align with the text. So but what you're offering is kind of a very closely timed voiceover or what would, uh, what would you, how would you describe that? Yeah, it depends on who you are talking to. You may have a different definition, but voiceover, it's basically when you add a voice on top of the original voice. You know, like you have a reality TV show, you, they add the voiceover on top, but you keep the original voice. But if you do dubbing, you are going to replace the original voice with another voice. So basically we do both because we allows you to adjust uh, the audio level so you can keep the original voice 
or you can just remove it. Got it. And so as a, as a user, I'm uploading like what, an MP4 or any kind of file and I'm editing it in the cloud on Checksup. Yeah, it can be a video or even an audio file. We support both type of uh, file. Um, and, uh, and then we process everything in the cloud. So it can be in the EU or it can be in the US because we are working with large companies. So the data privacy is something important to us. Um, and after that, we are going to generate the subtitles, the translation and the dubbing um, if it's uh, desired. We are also providing voice cloning. That's a unique feature we developed a few months ago and we deploy it to, how, to some of our users and it bring a new step to the dubbing because before we had like a voice libraries where you can pick the voice you wanted, but now you've got a, a voice similar to the original, original one. So it means Uh, we are not exactly cloning your voice because you are going to speak another language, but we are going to analyze the emotion, um, the, the, the type of voice, and it's a better match because when you watch a video and you have like a, a large voice with a small guy, it doesn't match, you know? <laughs> so it's, it's, a, a, it's give a better quality at the end. It's funny how like what you just described, the voice cloning, you're adding it in a sense as an incremental feature on top of what you already have, right? And it's great for clients that they can use it, but there's like probably a, a cohort of startups whose kind of sole USP right now is having voice cloning, right? But you're adding it on top of something that you already have. What's your um, take here on where does the real value lie for your customers? Like they're, they're probably not coming for the voice cloning, but they love having the voice cloning there. So where would, why would they come to you and, and, and kind of get started in the first place? And, and then another quick follow-up question, how do you find them? Do they find you? Do you do sales? Like do you have salespeople, business developers, or, or how do they come in? I'm going to reply to the first question about the voice cloning. So you've got some solution out there who do provide a voice cloning, but the use case is you want to create content with your voice from scratch. So it's mean you have just a text and you want to clone your voice and generate an audio uh, with the text you give. And it's similar in terms of technology, but we cover another use case where you have a video And you just want to get the transcript, get the translation, and generate a voiceover with the voice cloning. So even if the technology is similar, the use case is way different because if you do it manually, you will have to synchronize every sentence with your video. You are going to generate the transcript. You are going to generate the translation, etc., etc. Checks up, do everything with you for you. Okay, so that's the big difference with some voice training startup. Um, about, so the second question about um, the sales. So because we, um, we have six years old, Checksub is six years old now, we have a very good uh, referencing on Google for subtitles and stuff like that. 
So some people just come on the website and send a, a sales request. And we also do some sales um, on LinkedIn and, uh, and stuff like that. Uh, but uh, we don't spend so much time on sales, actually. But that's one of the focus for this year. Uh, because, yeah, we spend a lot of time developing the product we are pr proud of. And now we are very proud of the product. And we can, yes, yeah, scale <laughs> the sales. The founders, sometimes, if they're technical, they tend to be a little um, shy. Like, not shy in, the, in, in kind of a psychological sense. It's like they want to build the most perfect product before they even dare to go and speak to, like, a client. And, and obviously, it's uh, it's great when when you have inbound from Google, right? But I think at some point, they're, they're in, the, in the generally in the localization translation industry, there's just a lot of sales required. I mean, some of the, the successful companies there, the large ones have like hundreds of salespeople and it's just, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a tough one to crack. And because we are bootstrapped since the beginning, uh, that's what I like with bootstrap because, you know, it's li like uh, life. It's not a sprint, it's a marathon. So when you have external funding, you have more pressure to go out there. And maybe it's good, but I like to build something I enjoy and very powerful. So now I'm very happy when I see many clients use using the platform and say, yeah, CheckSub is amazing. It's magic and save me a hundred of hours. I was going to ask you about the bootstrapping versus external funding. So like you have absolutely no intention of raising money at this point. You're like very happy at being in full control. I started the company in 2017. And at that time, the market was very different. Everyone was raising money. But I didn't feel it, uh, it was right um, because raising money, if you don't have a product market fit, looks like a, a fake success, you know? <laughs> so I was at the beginning, because I was solo founder, I decided to find the product market fit before raising any external funding. Then I found it and we began, began to grow and develop CheckSub and we were profitable. So it became clear that our product resonated with a real need in the market, but I didn't raise money because I didn't need it. So it doesn't mean I'm not going to raise money in the future. I don't know, but it's not something I'm looking at immediately. It's a very modest slash, almost kind of a little bit European old school answer. Like if I don't have product market fit, like why would I go out and raise kind of and, and have other people pay my finding product market fit? So, uh, and then once you have it, you're like, well, why would I need somebody else? Unless you have like, yeah, you really feel that there's this huge, massive opportunity that couldn't be captured otherwise. But yeah, I understand that bootstrapping is, um, it, it's a great way to just retain full control and kind of go incremental. Um, so why not? It's a lifestyle uh, in terms of uh, philosophy. It means, okay, you can raise money. You're, then when you raise money, the goal is to sell the company. And when you sell the company, after you have to find a new company to found, and then you raise money. And I've got some friends who raise money at that time, and they sell the company. And after they call me and say, 
Florian, I like your way you are doing business. Can you give me some advice? Because I want to do something small. I don't want to lose too much control and go in the wrong direction because I lost the direction. So it's just, maybe it's clearly it's slower, but I've got a life. So you don't need multiple success to, to be happy. Let's quickly talk about machine translation and the translation component of your business. Like, so I'm assuming you haven't developed this component, but you're kind of plugging into some third parties. And then if you can disclose, like, what are those third parties or how do you provide the translation bit? And is it fully machine translation or could the client also have like a, a linguist in the loop? Just walk us through the translation component. Yeah. So how approach since the beginning, it's to provide state-of-the-art translation, involve a blend of proprietary um, technology and external resource. It means if something exists, we are going to use it because it doesn't make sense to rebuild it. But you have some gap, you know, sometimes where you have to develop your own technologies. So um, we develop our own AI solutions sometimes, um, but we can use such uh, solutions such as Deeple and other kind of provider because they give very good results. But at the top of that, we may add some um, internal technology to improve the result. And are clients able to, like if they wanted to have a linguist have kind of a, another layer uh, on top of that, could that be done inside the platform or? Yeah, exactly. You can work uh, with external provider on your project. So that's very useful because you can have like a link where you are going to send the link and say, okay, can you review the project? Can you edit it? And the, the human, the, the human professional is going to have like the full project ready with, uh, with a video, with a editor, and it's quite easy to use the editor. It's mean what most of the clients like is that you don't need to work with professional subtitlers. Even a translator can work on the interface because we manage the synchronization of the script with the video while you are doing the editing. So that's uh, important. How are you handling all these heavy video files? Like if I, you know, open an account and like I drop you like a half giga, I don't know, whatever file, like how do you handle that? Like, is that, is that something that can be controlled quite easily on some like AWS or how would that work? Yeah, so that's something uh, we didn't think it was going to be so difficult to manage at the time. Now some technology emerged and it's quite easier. But yeah, we are using technology similar to AWS S3 to be able to provide uh, a large storage solution and be able, be able to uh, stream the video when you edit um, the project. Um, so yeah, now you can uh, send very large file and we are able to um, manage it quite uh, uh, perfectly in the editor. Because I think that's one of the areas where like, in theory, the idea works and you got some kind of better product, but then yeah, people start using it and they drop all kinds of terabytes onto your, your server. And then maybe the math doesn't even work anymore. Like, you know, in terms of the pricing structure and all of that. We are focused on that, but um, you know, that's the main difference between, between mature solution 
and new solution. Uh, because when you are a mature solution, you had the chance to master a lot of bugs at the beginning, to master a lot of exception and stuff like that and, and control the cost. So when you are a mature solution, you can find, you, you, you have to find solution and fix that. What are your thoughts about like entertainment grade subtitling for lack of a better term? I mean, just today, for example, I came across um, an article that says that like Netflix now with all the Hollywood studios shut down, for example, like they're uh, apparently the they have a lot more subtitle content that's being consumed, especially in the U.S., because a lot of people would be watching or slowly transitioning to you know shows that are developed outside of kind of the Hollywood production studios, et cetera, and then obviously subtitled or dubbed. Like, okay, so it's kind of a two-fold question. So how do you, have you even tried to enter this kind of entertainment-grade subtitling market or, or dubbing market? And, and what, what's your thoughts on kind of the potential for this for you in, in the long run? I didn't have that information. So that's a great thing uh, about Slater. You are always learning new stuff. So thank you. <laughs> um, no, no, that's a great news because I think it's good to spread some other culture uh, to the world. So when you are watching uh, a non-English uh, show, it's, uh, it's great. Um, about focus uh, at Checksub, it's pred predominantly on serving enterprise and SME. So we see a big potential in entertainment sector. Um, and the demand for localized content is growing, as you can see. So basically, we see the potential. So given how technology capabilities um, and the quality of our services, we be believe we are well equipped to serve this market. So we are going to move forward to this market, but at the moment, it's not, it wasn't the most, um, uh, the focus we, we had. So your, your clients, I mean, you say SMEs and enterprise, but within, would it be the marketing function or uh, what, what type of kind of function or person would be a key client? Yeah, so we have different use cases. So marketing, um, communication, external communication or internal communication. Uh, and we have also the learning department. So all of these um, departments create video. Video takes time and they don't have to the time to spread this content to every languages. But when you are a, a worldwide companies, um, company, you have to spread the knowledge when you are learning department to everyone. But at the moment, not everyone is speaking English, for example. So only if you, yeah, only 20% or between 20% and 40% uh, of the employees is going to have access to your uh, content if you are a worldwide company. But if you translate in two, three, four languages, you are going to be able to spread the knowledge. So it's very important, and especially at this time where the training is key, everything is moving so fast, you need to be able to, to bring your employees uh, to the new destination, and learning is key, and internal communication is key. And the other side, we, 
we are covering it's the external communication. Uh, people who want to create like short video with the rays of TikTok of uh, short content, and um, and we develop a unique features for that. So you can generate subtitles, but we are also providing like a customization features. You can use your own font. You can uh, add animation and not only static style. So you have like the karaoke style and stuff like that. So it's very famous on a social media platform and uh, you can master it very quickly. I love the karaoke. Like I do like a weekly update to the team and I actually also use that karaoke function in, in a different tool I might consider checked up. Uh, and, and I love it because it's kind of, focuses to mind i'm still talking about the one word subs or like the two word subs which is like super fast and just like you know for a fraction of a second you see the word like as the person says it is do you think that's kind of a fad or is that here to stay what do you think about that i think it's depend of the audience if you are talking to young uh you need to have a fast pace but if your audience is older if you if it's too fast, it's going to be very uh, difficult to follow for them because they are just going to be focused on the on the subtitles. So I'm not a big fan of too fancy subtitles because it doesn't have to replace the content itself. So what I recommend is to focus on the content and then add a, a, um, yeah a adapted subtitle style to your target. So it really depends on your target. If you are going uh, on TikTok with a 30 seconds video, it's easier to have a very quick subtitles everywhere. Uh, that's good. But sometimes, even myself, when I look at the subtitles, I don't even have the time to read them. <laughs> because it's so fast. Yeah, and like you're sitting there just like almost being, yeah, it, it, probably 30 seconds is like the max and like you're not even like yeah it's just pure raw entertainment and not really you're not really focusing and probably not retaining much from these videos either right so what we do uh to to solve that is that you can apply like a style only on specific subtitles and uh, you can say okay i want to style for all subtitles you can use like a uh more chill style, let's say, a slower style. But sometimes when you want to focus on the specific subtitles, you are going to use a special effect. Let's take a bit of a tour to AI, like the dubbing that you mentioned. And like there's been this huge shift. I mean, since you started, especially like in 2017, and obviously now in the past, you know, I guess now it's nine months, uh, you know, with Whisper and with all of these... Uh, uh, that's that's of course on the um, uh, more on the subtitle side, but generally also with voice, huge uh, AI shift and ChatGPT, etc. So I guess my question is, when you're building something that's involving um, AI dubbing, how has the past like year kind of influenced the way you're building? And like, ha have have did you have to adjust a lot, or you kind of just kept? incrementally adding some of these cool new technologies to your product or yeah, just walk me through that. The field of AI indeed involved uh, significantly since we start Checksup. However, we believe the fundamental concept remains the same. 
leveraging machine intelligence to create solutions that solve real world problems. That's the idea. So the name changed from uh, machine learning to AI, uh, but basically, yes, yeah, the technology changed a little bit, but that's the same principle. So um, in terms of, uh, of the way we follow uh, the, the innovation, so basically we stay updated with recent research. That's, that's very important. We participate in relevant conference and workshop, and we also regulate, uh, regularly collaborate uh, with other professionals in the industry uh, to share some insight. And, um, and because we, since the beginning, we decided to build the video editor, we can easily bring capabilities on top of the platform we have. So even if you, let's say we have a new technology available for machine, machine uh, translation, we are going to just be able to, to build uh, an external uh, services that we are going to connect to the platform we have. And that's very powerful. And, um, and that makes a difference. We spent a lot of time developing that, uh, but now it's quite easy. We just add something. And for example, just to give you an idea, we did uh, what we did at the beginning for transcription. When we look at transcription, we see that we have many external providers, but not, not all of them give the best result for every languages. And because you have regular updates, um, it's difficult to say, oh, one time I'm going to use this one and one time I'm going to use this one because you have to uh, integrate them. So we develop our own meta API. That's what we call a meta API and we connect the API services to every provider available. And like this, we can easily use the best one at the time. Does your client care, know, are they aware, like which one you're choosing or is it kind of a dynamic process behind the scenes? So it's a dynamic process. We, we thought about the possibility to give the possibility to the client to select the providers they want to use. That's something we could do. But actually, at the time, it wasn't uh, relevant because you want to do subtitles then you, or translation, then you trust Checksub to pick the best trans, uh, services to provide that. Got it, because then you're saying like, okay, they come to us, they need a solution for real life problem. And like, I don't want to overburden them with having to select 50 different options here. All right. Because you don't know which one to use. But what we do for large enterprise, because it can save a lot of time, we can do a benchmark to see which one gives the best result for their content. And then we adjust the technology we are going to use. Speaking about transcription, like, uh, how did you integrate Whisper at the time, or was that a big deal? Or Whisper is open source, and that changed a lot in terms of open source. But you still have a gap in terms of quality from our point of view. Uh, when you have team in other companies who work on that, they improve um, the output. So if you want to just deploy Whisper because some client maybe decide, okay, let's deploy Whisper. Like this, we are going to be uh, able to provide a transcription to everyone with a cheap solution. The problem with, with a Whisper is that you, don't, you have like a wrong 
time uh, code per word. The time synchronization is quite bad from scratch. So you still have to spend time to train the model and stuff like that. So we, we deploy Whisper, but the output at the moment isn't that great. And because our focus is to provide the best translation, best transcription, best dubbing, at that time, it's not so uh, useful. But we know that we could spend more time to uh, train the model with data and improve the output. But the problem is we have other uh, priorities right now, and we think we have more value to improve the dubbing, for example, than improving the trans transcription, because transcription is quite great at that time. Now, when you say we, that's the team, how do you hire anybody that's even remotely capable in AI today or retain them because they got to be getting offers left, right, and center? Being remote from day one has given us a distinct advantage compared to the market. So we are not geographically limited uh, in how hiring. We can tape into a global pool of talent. So that's a big advantage. And because everyone is in remote, it's not like a, you know, like a fix <laughs> in a part of the company. Everyone work uh, the same way. And um, beyond hiring, we are working hard on developing the skills of our team. AI is a fast developing market, but the number of experts is quite low at the time. So if you want to pick the expert, it's going to be a, a war to get him. <laughs> and, you, and then you have to match the, the, the person in the team. You, you, you don't know. It's not because he's a great expert that he's going to be a great employee in the team. So we are choosing to recruit people and help them build up their skills on these areas like LLM, for example. So we help the team to learn new skills uh, internally at CheckSub. Anything on the roadmap, new features, 2023, 24, you can disclose? For this year, it will be the year of maturity. On the product side, we are going to work on the user experience. Um, we want to go a step further in terms of a translation editor. We spend a lot of time on the transcription editor. Uh, we think it's one of the best ones on the market. And we want to provide something similar for the translation part. And uh, on the other side, we want to focus on the dubbing. Dubbing is a key feature for us. We've got an advantage. And now we want to bring a feature on top of that. Recently, we deploy a solution able to extract the music background and the voice. Like this, you can translate and, gen and replace only the original voice with a generated voice. Because when you have a video like this, you don't have sometimes the music uh, file. So we are able to get the music, get the voice, and you can replace only the voice and keep the music. And that improves the quality of the final exportation. Great. Well... Florian, it was great speaking to you. Thanks so much. Uh, hope to see you maybe at our conference in Zurich. Uh, and otherwise, uh, all the best with, uh, with Checks Up. Thank you very much, Florian.